Welcome to the Launch University Podcast, turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life. Here's your host, Kevin Jennings. Hey everybody, Kevin, and I'm back with part two of my conversation with Dara Brustein. Now, if you missed part one, you need to go back already. Just stop what you're doing. Go ahead, check it out, because you get to understand the story of this amazing woman who's going to share with us about networking in a minute. And I think that if you miss that part, you're going to miss a lot of great context about why she knows so much about networking and why we can trust her to help guide us in our journey on that. But for those who aren't going to do it, I just, I'll just introduce her one more time for you. She's an entrepreneur and an author. She helps people think about how they design their lives instead of living them by default. And what really matters is she lives this really powerful work-life integration. This thing where she said, you know what, it's not about work and then personals, but how I live an integrated life. And I think there's a lot we can learn from her about that. And so if you want to, she's a fantastic website where she shares lots of content on these topics. And that's dara.co. That's D-A-R-R-A-H.co. But... While I have her for a few more minutes, I wanted to pivot and talk about networking. Um, I've, like I said, for those who don't know, she started an organization called Network Under 40, which has connected, what, 300,000 at that point, Dara? I wish, 30,000. 30,000, okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm already speaking into existence, other zeros. I'll um, take it. <laughs> and, and across multiple cities in the United States, something started as something is, well, that story's in episode one. I'm not going to give that to you. I'm giving you too much. You got to go back. But with that being said, in 2018, you created an event called the Life by Design, Not by Default Virtual Summit. It featured executives like Kate Cole, who's CEO of Focus Brands. So that's Auntie Anne's, Jamba Juice, Cinnabon, Moe's, uh, New York Times bestselling authors like Deepak Chopra, Jen Sincero, You're a Badass. That's, that's the book that she wrote. Not That's not her name. Uh, <laughs> and then there's uh, one of my personal favorites. I know Jeff Henderson on our team, one of his favorites, and that's Adam Grant. Uh, he's a TED Talk legend for those who don't know. He has written books like Give and Take, Originals, which is one of Jeff's favorites, and then Option B, which is one of the books I have not read, but it's on my list uh, big time. And so you can you don't land those type of guests, in my opinion, without a strong network. But you also don't start an organization that helps 30,000 professionals connect without obviously having some understanding of networking either. So I wanted to just really say, I think most of us want that, Dara. I think we all aspire to have strong networks, but we struggle. And I'll personally admit that I love people. I'm an extrovert to the core, annoyingly so to my wife. But the reality <laughs> is when I was at organization even for just three years and I have friends who have been there for 10 years and when they leave, they're sobbing, not because they don't know it's not their time to go. They know they're losing every friend they have. They're like, it's over. Like, like all my, all my human interaction, it's over. I have to start from scratch. I'm a new kid at school. And I don't, and I'm, and I know depending on the organization, you can lose some of those relationships because now, you know, if you're supposed to go to a competitor, you know, there can be some things like that. So I wanted to ask, why are, why do we struggle with this? Like where, what are we getting this wrong when we are quote unquote told to do it professionally? We long for the community. We long for, to learn new things, but there's a breakdown, but you work with a lot of people like this. Why are we struggling? So, so much to say here. One, I'm actually not an extrovert. So given that you are, and I'm not, this is really great for the listeners to understand. It doesn't matter if you get your energy alone in small groups, one-on-ones or with big groups, I'm an ambivert. So I get it both equally and I get depleted both equally. Whereas Kevin loves talking to people. 
I think the number one thing that's most important to say at the beginning is to get on the same playing field about what networking is and what networking isn't. Mm-hmm. I think that so many people hate networking because they think of it in this old school, like kind of grandfather style way where you show up to this oak laden room where everyone is very stuffy and no one's really being themselves. And they're all just shoving business cards in each other's faces and sizing each other up and just only caring what their title is and how they can help them. And that is shitty. (laughs) And that's not what I think networking is or should be. For me, networking is a fancy word for relationship building. Hmm. It's really about getting to know someone for who they are before what they do. It's about being curious. It's about being a great listener. It's about looking for ways to add value, hence give and take Adam Grant. It's about being a real giver. It's about caring. It's about having a long game goal in mind, not a short game transactional one. And when you look at it from that perspective, while there'll be plenty of people who might kind of grit at that and say, well, I have goals I have to get to, they're not mutually exclusive. But that's a much better framework to look at it as because the outcome of that is that you get real long-term relationships so that when you do, in the example Kevin gave, leave your job or get fired or whatever the circumstances are, you actually have a community of people who you like in your network and pulling for you who are ready to help you. And they don't just go by the wayside because you were only together and only connected because of circumstances Mm -hmm. or because you only were doing something as a transaction. So that's a really important starting point. Another important thing that I think people get wrong is they think you only need to network when you need something, which is the absolute worst time to network. Mm. You need to be cultivating, building, and nurturing your relationships and your network when you don't need anything, because that's when you can really come at it from this perspective of value centricity and giving and helping other people because you're doing okay. And also because, so here's a distinction, and I'm going to actually give a little background on this. Adam Grant in his book, Give and Take, I'll give you some Cliff's notes, but highly recommend you read it. He breaks it down through his studies into three types of people, givers, matchers, and takers. Matchers being quid pro quo, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. And takers being I'm number one, winner takes all, only about me. And givers, there's actually kind of two types of givers. The ones who win are the ones who go out and help other people, but they have boundaries. Whereas the ones who lose the most of all of the categories are the ones who are martyrs and have no boundaries and let everyone treat them like a doormat. So there is a distinction there too. Hmm. My point in saying this is to say that the best time to do this in the world is to go out and be the person who wants to say like, okay, how can I be generous and helpful? Because we all do have a reciprocity reflex. So if I do something that's kind for Kevin, Kevin will most naturally, if he is a normal wired human and not a psychopath or sociopath, he's going to have an instinct naturally to want to help me in return. And the intention is not to be a matcher and not to say, okay, well, great. I did this for you. You do this for me. But it sort of banks this goodwill where if I ever do need something, I can circle back to Kevin and he'll probably remember, or even if he doesn't remember that thing I did, cause he's not keeping score and you shouldn't be either he'll just have this goodwill and kinship and trust and likingness with you so so much so that he's going to want to help you. And this is what happens at a grand scale when you build a network. So for anyone who is kind of questioning, well, what do I have to offer? How do I do this? Or I don't have time. I think the best thing to do is to try a challenge that I have and a movement that I started called Give It Forward. And it's simple. I recommend for 30 days, one person a day, reach out, and say, hi, I decided and committed to do this 30-day giving challenge. You're the person I'd love to help today. Is there anything in your life where I could be of service or help? 
Do you need an introduction to someone? Is there a challenge you're facing? Is there something you're excited about? Like just help them. And then you just say, I'm not a magic fairy. I can't promise that I can deliver on this, but I can promise I'll try. And I have gotten everything from my babysitter just quit on me. I need one tonight. Can you help me? To I want to play on the top 50 golf courses in the US. You live in Georgia. Can you help get me on Augusta National? Which I didn't successfully do, but spent two months trying. And everything in between. And as a result of it, my relationships were deepened. I was much more attuned to how much I had to offer that felt like it was not a value, but it was super valuable to other people and realized how much you can do in just a couple minutes to help people and dive deeper or build your relationships. So it really hits on a lot of buckets. So those are some really important starting points for anyone who's thinking about how do I intentionally grow a network. Out of curiosity with the Give It Forward movement, do you do that? on like a certain month of the year, just out of per- just personally out of a practice. I'm just curious. I don't know if you're like, hey, no, I, I mean, even. every, I am the type of person where I do it passively every day, but there will be times, especially when I feel like I'm in a rut or I'm in my own nonsense where I will proactively say I'm doing this challenge again, because I think the fastest way to get out of your own BS is to help other people. Hmm, that's awesome. Um, one of the common objections that I often hear uh, from those who are not networking actively or the one I often make myself, depending on my season, is I don't have time. And in, in some contexts, especially because I have a family. And and you, and so I think that at times it is an excuse for me. And I think at times there's some validity to it, depending on my frame of mind and just what's going on. But what do you say to people who feel like they're struggling to find time to invest in their existing network? Right. So, it's, OK, all right, guys, we know Dara's not taking the excuse off your plate about new. Right. But there's still a current network that you've been given of friendships, relationships that you already have entrusted to you. And so when people are struggling with time, how do you help somebody either see it differently or navigate those kind of challenges? Or even how do you do it with yourself? Well, one, I question you to consider that when you say you're too busy, it's really just saying I prioritize something else over that time. Mm. To consider that there's a lot of ways to tap into the cultivation of your network that take almost no time. So find those margins. If you commute to the office, get on Bluetooth and make a couple quick phone calls. Say that you have, quote, office hours and tell anyone, hey, I'm always in my car at this time. Give me a call. If you're on a train, shoot some emails or text messages out to people. When you're reading an article or you're watching something and you think someone you know would would benefit from it, shoot it over to them. For me, anytime someone pops into my head and I haven't talked to them in a while, I immediately send them an email or a text message to say, hey, you popped into my head. How are you? What's something you're excited about right now? And it just kind of re-triggers this thing where it doesn't have to be around a big moment. But on the big moment side, this is important too. When it's someone's birthday, you know, we have so many tools for this. Facebook, LinkedIn, they tell you, reach out and don't even necessarily do it on the platform. Do it on a text message or an email where they're not getting all of the same messages or, you know, if they told you their anniversary, put it in your calendar. If they told you their kid has a big thing coming up, put it in your calendar and reach out. If they have a big milestone in their company, reach out. Like these are things that really set you apart and literally take seconds. If I read a great book and I know someone needs to know it, I'll ship it to them. Like find little ways to do this that don't take a lot of effort. Another thing I think is about integrating activities. So for me, I don't like balancing. I don't like choosing this or that. So if I say, okay, I really need to get some physical fitness in and I'd love to see my friend, I'm going to invite them to take a two-mile walk or to come to yoga with me. Or you know, if I want to cook something, hey, do you want to come over? I'll cook us something. And then I can like prep whatever I need to do. And it's like integrating these two things at once. Another thing I look at 
for an integration perspective and how do you maximize your time is to be a convener. So for me in episode one, we talked about the networking events that I started. And I found that these are an incredible tool for time maximization. Where if there's people I want to stay in touch with, but I don't have the bandwidth or they're not someone that I necessarily want to spend a lot of one-on-one time with because we have to be real with ourselves. There's studies on this. Robin Dunbar did a study on Dunbar's number and we have a maximum of 150 people on average with whom we can actually be in a relationship with. And within that, it's broken into 550 and 100 based on the amount of depth we can have. So let's say these are people in my 50 or 100 circle. I don't have a lot of time to spend one-on-one with you. Let me curate a dinner. Let me curate a meeting, uh, just like a little happy hour. Let me start throwing my own networking events. I actually have a course for this if you want guidance on it. And it allows you to see a lot of people at the same time, get the FaceTime, get the value, and then introduce them to each other so there's added benefit for everyone. So find little ways to fit it in where you're already doing something. If you're going to a conference, invite someone. You're already going to a lunch or a networking event. Invite someone. Build it in. I love this so much. So anyone who listens to me when I interview on this podcast, you know, I get really selfish really fast. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's just true. I mean, I, I'm, I'm coming in. I mean, when I write my questions out, I really just try to think about the things about, I try to just approach every guest with a certain level of just curiosity about who they are and what makes them who they are and how we can all benefit for sure. But there are a couple moments in there where I'm like, I am here for me. And I, and I hope you get some out of it too. And I'm just going to be con- I'm confessing. What you just did had so, but I mean, you cut some things. It's like, oh, my, my mind was racing so fast. So what I'm not going to do is make you dig into networking etiquette. I think uh, as, through my research, I discovered a resource you and your team had already created at Network Under 40. We had a library of video tips where you personally give a ton of awesome ideas on how to do how to do networking effectively. And so if you go to networkunder40.com forward slash guide. Network, doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> matter how, how old you are. The ideas in there were really helpful. I mean, I saw something like how to gracefully exit a conversation. Ex- exit a conversation. <laughs> I, and so there's, there's, so there's a ton of things that are probably really felt needs so go check those out because i don't want to make sure i use, I use t- uh, dare's time well but i do want to say this and that is there's a big question that i don't hear people talk about enough i don't have an answer for it i'm saying because i want to know the answer uh, and that is just the you kind of hit on it a little bit in the last question that's what are some of the your daily practices your weekly practices you hit on them like hey when pops my mind i just t- text them right then um are there other things that you've seen as a person who has a significantly large network that you do or you've seen others do well to help nurture their existing relationships, habits you formed, is there a frequency for outreach, certain tools you use, just any hacks, I wouldn't, hacks is the wrong word, but I'm going to say hacks that help you navigate the management of that at this point in your career. Yeah, there's a few things. So one, it, I use Gmail and I just send all my emails to there because there's some plugins that I really like. One is called Full Contact, and it's actually a full-blown CRM, but I don't use it for that. I just use it for the Gmail plugin. Hmm. The reason I do that is it sits in the sidebar of your email, and it tells you from whomever you're emailing it if they have anything attached to that email itself. It'll show you their picture, their name, their title, the city they're located in, and then it'll have links to connect with any social media profiles that are connected. So I will immediately click the LinkedIn one, send them a note right from my inbox to LinkedIn being like, so glad we met at that event or whatever it was. I just connect with them on LinkedIn. So there's this immediate connection point where people stay in your realm. And I see LinkedIn as a living, breathing CRM that other people update for you. Mm -hmm. So do that. 
I also love Mixmax, which is another extension tool for Gmail. It's M-I-X-M-A-X. And their free tool alone is super robust and powerful. And it does a lot of things well. But from a relationship management standpoint, one thing I love is it has email template dropdowns where you can save templates. So I have a, a graceful no template. I have a happy birthday template. I've got all sorts of templates so that I can just slightly maneuver them to work and massage them to work for certain circumstances. But I don't have to recreate the wheel every single time. So that's really helpful. Another thing that it does is it allows you to boomerang emails. So let's say I sent you an email and we were going to grab coffee after we met at something and you don't follow up. I'll set it to boomerang in two days, three days, five days, whatever I think the appropriate time is. And it'll show right back up in my inbox. So I don't lose that momentum with you. So I think that's a really important piece that people lose the momentum. They forget to follow up. They don't follow through. And that really keeps it top of mind for you without having to do a lot of legwork. And then another thing I do is I use Google Calendar, but you could do this probably in any calendaring. I have a color-coded folder that's as a recurring to-do list and task every 30 days. And there pretty much is at least one or more of them that pops up once a day into my task list. And I have two versions of it. One I call reconnect file. And within it are people whom I met that I want to stay in touch with. And I just put their, I put about 10 to 15 names in it and I put their name and just a couple quick notes about it. And then when it pops up, I breeze through it and I think, if I talked to this person in a while, should I reach out? Have I read something recently? Like a lot of the things I talked about before. And I think like what's an appropriate and meaningful way to reach out. I don't do it every month. I think that if something feels that systematic, it feels inauthentic. So I do it when it feels right and appropriate. And then for people with whom I want to stay in really regular touch, let's say referral partners, or if you're looking for a job and you're trying to like manage a longer term relationship with a hiring manager, something like that then I'm going to give them their own folder and it just goes on a 30-day recurring basis and I go through the same thing. I see it and I think, is it a good time to reach out to them? Is it not? So those are a couple quick things that I do to really keep people top of mind. And then obviously too, there's social media. And I think it's really important to stay active on whichever sites you'd use naturally and be engaging with people, commenting, you know, letting them know that you notice things and then even taking those cues. So People share the good and the bad. So I've known a lot of people who have lost family members and they've posted that on social media. And I'll follow up with them in a month, two months, three months, 12 months. And just say, listen, I know that when the dust settles, a lot of people go away and just want to check in and see how you're doing. I think this is remarking to, to Adam Grant's work with Option B. I didn't read this book that he and Cheryl Sandberg wrote together, but I know it's about grieving and grief. And I think we often think you don't want to bring up bad stuff for people, but often they're thinking about it anyway. Right. And to know that someone's thinking about them and caring for them can go a really long way versus just being there for the highlights. Yeah, well said. So, one of the, so just to make sure I'm clear on that on the strategy you said on the calendar part, you can actually create uh, you said a file in the Google Calendar. That's what's called a file. Yeah. So at the top of Google Calendar, you can have a task that mm-hmm. just sits at the top of the day and isn't scheduled into mm-hmm. your actual time zone time frames during the day. And you can set those on recurs weekly, recurs monthly, okay, recurs That's on cool. certain time frames. So I do that just as I put birthdays on an annual recurring basis in my calendar. That's awesome. Well, yeah. Well, I I agree with the the grief part now. And I would even say if someone has a child, if you'll follow with them when that child is three months old and you can, I will personally once a month probably is not too bad. Children, it puts you in a very different frame of mind, especially that first year and a half, really the first three, but I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm sad about being a dad. It's amazing, but it's just really hard. And so people check in on you. You're just very, very grateful for it. All right. So 
Two more questions and I'll, I'll, I'll let you go. Again, I know we're close to overtime. What's one immediate action step you give to anyone or recommend to any person who's like, hey, I just need to be more proactive in my approach. So, you know what? There's a lot I can do. You give me a lot of practical ideas, but you've convinced me to be proactive. What do I do now? I mean, the give it forward challenge, I think, is the best thing to do. Mm. If you're not willing to take on something that feels like a commitment for any amount of time, then just pick one of these things and do it. If it's picking one person a day just to send an email, text message, quick phone call to, if it's you know, using your commute for that time, like whatever that thing is, if it's adding one of these plugins and then staying better connected with people, take one of them and start doing it. I think this is where a lot of us struggle is that we hear there's here all this good information and then you get overwhelmed by the quantity. Just pick one thing and do it and then come back and add something later once you've habituated it. Love it. All right. Well, I know you have resources about networking as well. We already introduced you to one of them at networkunder40.com forward slash guide. Is there something else you want them to do as far as connect with you? Uh, if not, how can folks connect with you if they did not go back and listen to episode one like I told them to? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Naughty. So on my website, dara.co, there is a free guide called the 55 best questions to ask to break the ice and really get to know someone. And this is really instrumental. Over 1.2 million people have read this. And I think it's because people really resonate with the fact that they want to be known on a deeper level than their title. And they want to be really able to connect by more than that. So this gives you mild, medium, and hot questions that you can use to engage initially and then later in your conversation. So can even help you on some of those follow-ups. So I'd say go get this free guide at dara.co. And then similarly to episode one, check me out on Instagram. I'm constantly adding value there. About seven or more times a month, I'm also publishing articles to both of those places with celebrities like Seth Godin, like Adam Grant, like you know some of the sharks from Shark Tank, Shaquille O'Neal, Bill Belichick, all these people who are taking away the curtain and telling us behind the scenes, this is how I had the success that I had. This is how I've used relationships positively to benefit others and myself. So a lot of good stuff on both of those spots. Well, again, Dara, I do appreciate your generosity of your time. It's been an honor to connect with you. And I said, I mean, yeah, I, I intentionally try to stay stupid. I say stay stupid by not asking too many questions when I first meet someone when we interview them. Because I love the sincerity of just discovering along with everyone else uh, your story. And it's very fascinating. And I appreciate the fact that you have taken time away from the businesses that you, you know, you already run and, and are play big roles in to find ways to add value in a way that you did not have to. Um, and I think now obviously you might feel you need to in your heart, but I know we all benefit from it. And so please, 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 please go to dara.co. You will not be disappointed. I was not disappointed through my time there in my research, and I think you'll enjoy it as well. Again, Dara, thanks for hanging out. Thank you. Absolutely. Okay. And everybody else, again, subscribe to this podcast. It's our job. We use our networks to be able to bring amazing people like Dara to you. So you have a chance to grow on the go. And we want to help you do that by subscribing to the podcast, checking out the show notes. So there's a show summary. So she laid, she named quite a few apps. She dropped a couple of books. She talked about a concept called Dunbar's Number. You must say, whoa, 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 that's so much. Well, we do the hard part of organizing all of that on one simple page. You can just go to launchuniversity.com forward slash podcast. That's launchyouniversity.com forward slash podcast. And you can actually look for this woman's photo and say, oh, there she is. I'm going to check this out and just geek out on everything she shared with you today. Um, go download that ebook, 55 Questions. We'll have a link to that in the show notes for you as well. And then join us next time on the Launch University podcast. Take care.
Thanks for listening to the Launch University podcast. We hope it's helped you move from go-getter to difference maker. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. For more helpful resources, visit launchuniversity.com.